welcome to this week's podcast where we'll be going through the usual what's coming up on TV and Netflix and in the movies this week. We'll be doing a deep dive uh, into Vertigo, classic 1958 Hitchcock film. And uh, welcome Jenny, the expert, our, res- our resident expert. So, hello. Say hello Jenny. <laughs> hello Jenny. There you go, good, good stuff. I'm your host, Simon May, no sorry, Holly. Um, I have ambitions, you see. As usual, I'll have six quiz questions, answers at the end. Got to have some reason to keep you listening. And in fact, I think I'll start off with the first two quiz questions. Right, okay, so pens and pads at the ready. Question number one, in what 1976 thriller does Robert De Niro famously say, you talking to me? Okay, I'll read it again. In what 1976 thriller does Robert De Niro famously say, you talking to me? My De Niro impression is poor. And question two, the second question, what, uh, which film won the, f- no, can't read my own handwriting here, which film was the first to show a flushing toilet? Which film was the first to show a flushing toilet? So what have you watched this week? What's um, piqued your interest this week? a film called Quarantine and yes I did only watch it for the name and it is a horror film and I really like horror films it's got Jennifer Carpenter in quite a big actress she was in Dexter and essentially it's a group of people get stuck in an apartment building with an unknown an unseen killer sounds sounds unique I mean <laughs> is any horror film unique anymore probably I, I'm not, not. I, I'm not the person to speak about horrors I don't I don't it's not my genre no, it is my genre. I grew up watching a lot of horror films. I don't mind the idea of being scared. Um, and this film, it gave me one jump scare. But overall, I probably wouldn't recommend it. I've only ever seen it on Netflix. And it's just it's just a generic slasher film, killing everyone off one by one. But it's not particularly clever. And it is very, very gory. Reminded me of The Walking Dead. Um, no. Walking, Walking Dead's quite good though, isn't it? Like... I, I did love The Walking Dead, but I stopped watching it. But I think because I just got so bored of this concept of we're yeah. trying to get away from zombies and there are zombies everywhere, and this film reminded doing, me of that. But we're doing too much walking. Yeah, it was it was too much walking, and I kind of wanted people to just be dead and stay dead, and that didn't always happen. Right, okay. Anything <laughs> else? So, so quarantine is a no you wouldn't recommend no, it? No, I don't think I would. Okay, um, well, anything else you've watched this week? Okay, your it's one of your favourites, it's Life on Mars. Ah, superb. Because it is on Netflix, so I decided I'd watch it. It came out in 2006, and I wasn't old enough in 2006 What's to What's his name? Watch F- it. Philip Glenister plays, yes. plays one of my favourite TV characters in that. And I can see why. He is, he's, he's brilliant, and I'm he, sure everyone knows. Yeah, but okay, he is brutal in it, and I don't agree with his views. <laughs> I just want to put that out there now, but no. the, the kind of things he gets away with are shocking. Yes, it is, it is a big contrast looking at how things are dealt with in the 1970s in the police force. But it is a great insight into what it was like. And watching John Sim, his character Sam, trying to negotiate between the life that he knew where you have technology and you have forensics that come back in 24 hours and suddenly it's three weeks until forensics come back. It is, I'm sure people have heard of it anyway and pretty much know the concept, but 
It's a police detective who somehow ends up back in the 1970s. He's lost his old life and it's trying to integrate himself into the new life that he has whilst also trying to work out how to get back home. And I'm really, really enjoying it. It's it's funny at all the right moments and it is brutal and shocking. Um, but I'm, I'm only on season one. There are two seasons. so it's Ashes to Ashes is the second season, isn't it? It is. is it? Yeah, Ashes to Ashes. I thought there were two seasons of Life on Mars, so is, is Ashes is to Ashes the sequel? Like, uh, it's not the sequel, but what follows? I don't know. I'm looking at the DVD there, but I can't make it out from here. I can't tell, but I'm Life, sure it's Life two seasons. There's two seasons on Netflix, that's all I'm saying. Okay. Right. <laughs> I'll bow down. It's, while, it's a long time since I watched it, so I, I don't recall it. Did you watch it as it came out on TV? I, um, no, no, I watched it on the box set, but when the box set was released first, so shortly after it was... It was on the TV. I watched Eve are actually back together again, i.e. in the same place, at least. <laughs> They've had a nice little meeting on a top deck of a London bus, which was fun. Um, so that's good. I've uh, discovered DCI Banks recently, and it's quite old. I'm watching episodes from 2011 on, I think it's ITV Hub. I'm watching that yeah. on DCI Banks, gritty detective, Yorkshire, Stephen Tomlinson, uh, who plays a really gritty detective, which is odd for me because the only time I've seen him before was in Drop the Dead Donkey, which is a satirical um, take on, I think, the press, which he plays quite a funny character in that. So he's brilliant in that. Uh, I do like that. I would recommend it. Um, I think there are 10 episodes on ITV Hub at the moment. I'm, I think I'm towards the end of that and looking for the next where I can find the next episodes. Um, yeah, I think that's... I can't remember what else I've been watching. No football. No. So, filling my time with... Um, crime. Crime, yeah. <laughs> filling my time with crime and watching it as well. Um, yes, yes. I watched um, Slumdog Millionaire with, with my no, daughter. No, that's, that's not how you say it. Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> with my daughter. She loved it. Dev Patel is brilliant. Oh, we also watched the... Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Oh, Again, would would definitely recommend that. It's a nice, gentle uh, viewing experience. But yeah, and that's now it. we all want to go to India. Well, yeah. But, well, I don't know which part of India we'd like to go to. Two contrasting settings, but... I don't think it matters for me which part. Um, I'd still suffer from Delhi Belly. So, you know, something to look forward to. Great. Okay, I think it's time for quiz question number three and four. Okay, quiz question three. The 2017 film Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri won two Oscars that year. One for Best Actress, one for Best Supporting Actor. Name the two winners. So I'll read that again. The 2017 film Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, brilliant film, uh, won two Oscars that year. One for Best Actress, one for Best Supporting Actor. Name them. And your fourth question, nice easy one. In which Scottish Scottish city, easy to answer, less easy to pronounce. In which Scottish city is train spotting set? So, in which Scottish city is train spotting set? Well, this week's deep dive. I always find that. A quite a disconcerting term but ironically this week's deep dive is the film Vertigo 
1958 Hitchcock classic. Why have you chosen this particular film this week? Because it's one of my favourite films of all time. I know there's errors with it, and I know that people who've seen it might think that. Why, why is it? Why, what makes it one of your favourites? I think because I just admire the storyline and the fact that it's it's very different in terms of the way the narrative plays out. We have two central characters, and I think the way that we are introduced to them and their relationship is different, and it's something that no other film really does. At, by, at that time or since? I think at that time. I think probably that people have done it since. I personally have not seen a film that replicates that relationship in the same way. I'm not okay. saying it doesn't exist. Um, so it's a Hitchcock classic, Vertigo. I see that you see the posters kicking around everywhere. Um, just give us a little kind of rundown on the plot, the storyline. What's the kind of premise for the, for the film? So you have our main character, played by James Stewart. Um, he's called John Ferguson, then known throughout the film as Scotty. He is a police detective who has to retire early after suffering from vertigo and acrophobia. So, what the hell is that? <laughs> so essentially it means that he is scared of heights. And he doesn't like water. <laughs> acrophobia, is that what you're thinking oh, of? Oh, right, maybe. Acrophobia is the fear of heights. Um, accompanied with vertigo, which makes you feel dizzy so it leaves him unable to carry out his job effectively like what climbing stairs well the first time we see him he's running across rooftops and he ends up hanging from the edge of a roof before he's diagnosed with vertigo yes so in that moment when he's hanging off the roof i get it so this is why he's got his condition and then he has to retire from the police or or what is yes he has to to, yeah he has to take retirement because he needs time to recover how old is he well, James Stewart at the time was no, 49. The, well, he looks about 40. No, the, the character. You never right. find out his age. But he's... Right, okay. so let's he, say he's, he's in his 40s or 50s, early 50s. Okay, right. So what's he, how does he fill his retirement then? Well, a friend of his gets in touch because he wants a bit of help, uh, as he knows Scotty's background as a police uh, detective. And he wants to hire Scotty as a private investigator to follow his wife because he thinks that she's acting strangely and he wants someone to tail her and see where she goes, what she gets up to. I, I, you know, confession time, I did actually watch this film a couple of weeks ago, but for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, I think it's quite key to the plot, perhaps, but how does he describe his wife's behaviour? What, what, what's, he, what's, his, what's his concern? He Because it's a bit to, odd to me, this one. It is, it is a bit far-fetched, and this is what I mean when people might have problems with the narrative, but he convinces Scotty that he, that his wife is somehow under the control of something almost supernatural, something that is no longer living. Well, it's not not so much something, but someone, isn't it? Yeah, he thinks she's being influenced by a woman who died in the 1800s and that his wife is now replicating her behaviour. But isn't she supposed to be a descendant of this person? I think so, yes. It's not really that clear. That was my take on that. Yeah, and the fact was that this woman committed suicide when she was very young and Madeline, the wife, is nearing that age and now that she's exhibiting these signs of clearly troubling behaviour, um, Gavin Elster, her husband, says that he's worried about her. So Scotty follows, trails this lady and what a shock, 
falls in love with her. Is that is that pretty is that much, about it? Pretty much. So okay. So it's <laughs> it's it's like not not a predictable plot development there at all. Right. Okay. It is predictable. I I grant you that. I actually I, just find I actually, it... I actually enjoyed the film to be to be fair, but I know it might not sound like it at the moment, but. Uh, not really but I think I think you have questions which is what I would expect I always people have questions have. I, don't, I think if you don't question that film then you haven't understood what you've watched and I think the fact that you have questions well is I've important. got clear understanding because I've got lots of questions is that what you're saying because I think that you understand that the narrative no because you understand that the narrative is not straightforward it doesn't always make sense and yet the film somehow became successful over time and that's what I think amazes me most the, what I really kind of loved about the film before I watched it was the quality of the posters, the film posters for it. I think they're brilliant. Um, so I was, my expectations were quite high for the film. Spe- the film speaking of speaking of vertigo, my my expectations were also quite high, <laughs> and I did get a bit dizzy. Um, and it it yeah. Anyway, right, okay. So we've got we've got the basis for the storyline. He yeah. He trails the wife of his friend to find out what's going on where she goes because she disappears and, and the guy notices there's a lot of mileage done on the uh, car but she's vague about where she's been and um, it is quite a convoluted plot line from this point and that's kind of a negative term perhaps um, but I, I don't want to give too much away um, of that particular um, storyline um, it, it doesn't uh, end up as you'd expect um, and then it does and then it doesn't again I think that's and, fair and then it might do after <laughs> that um, but it, it it is in terms of sitting down watching it a couple of weeks ago it, it is an enjoyable film I would I would recommend it um, but I would like kind of have that kind of open mind to it um, directed by Hitchcock um, a, a favourite of yours by, by any chance Hitchcock Yes. What what other films has he got then that we might know? I mean, most famous would be Psycho, which was only two years after Vertigo, and that has since proven to be, I would say, his most successful film. It's probably what he's best known for, isn't it? I think so. It's the horror, it's classic, it's everyone talks about that shower scene, you know, everyone knows that film. Is that your favourite Hitchcock film? No, my favourite my favourite Hitchcock film is Vertigo. Good. Um, <laughs> which is why you've chosen it for your yes. deep dive. Yes. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Good. Uh, any other film that he's that Hitchcock's done that you like? That I like. Oh, sorry. Um, North by Northwest. I haven't seen that. Oh, I have you seen have that. You have seen that. I have. We did watch it. It was a couple of years That's ago. That's got an airplane in it, hasn't it? Yes. On a field. Yes. Trying Low to kill flying him. aircraft. Kill him. Yes. Yeah. That might not be crucial to the plot. I don't know. That is the scene I remember, though, surprisingly. My, um, my favourite Hitchcock film is. Is um, Rear Window. I have to say, I think Rear Window would actually come as my second place film, and then Psycho would be third. I do love Rear Window. Okay, so sorry, I'm I'm taking you away from Vertigo. Um, it's fine. James Stewart's in it. What what, what else is he? He's, he was a big he's a big name actor. He was, wasn't he? And what's the leading Hitchcock's leading lady in Vertigo? What's her, what's her name? Kim Novak. Right. Well, have they did they crop up anywhere else? I believe. Well, I believe this is the only film they did together. I'm not sure. I, I honestly can't remember. I think Kim Novak's been in another of Hitchcock's films. Not in, not any of the ones I've just mentioned. I think potentially don't actually know. Okay. Um, 
J- James Stewart, I've even I've heard of him. He was in Rear Window. So that's was where he you the guy with the broken leg in Yes, he was in Rear Window, right, so that's okay. where you would know him from. Right, okay. Um He was in four Hitchcock films altogether. Four. Mm-hmm. So he was his leading man. For a time, yes. This was the he last hit, film. He didn't hit on him, did he? No, Hitchcock definitely had a type. James Stewart yeah, just female. Yeah, blonde. And blonde. Yeah. Right. James Stewart didn't quite fit the bill. I'd nearly qualify. You actually would. I think he'd like almost you. Almost female and almost blonde. <laughs> so man, male and grey. I think. Anyway. Well. Um, okay. So, give me two good aspects to the film Vertigo. Two, two real pluses supporting Vertigo as a classic. Two. Okay. Start with one. <laughs> oh, there's so much. Okay. I would say the first point I would make is the fact that through the narrative we see so much of the scenery is set in San Francisco and some of that is beautiful and it's clearly shot on location a lot of the time and I've never been to San Francisco, I know you have and I know you love it and when I showed you Vertigo I did think you will appreciate this because you've talked about how lovely I, San I'm Francisco nodding is. my head in, 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 in yes. agreement there. Just... Yeah. And I think you can't see. The setting plays a part in the film as well, and I love it when directors utilise the location of their film and make it become almost like a secondary character. And that's exactly what happens with San Francisco, because, like we said, it's a lot of James Stewart following Kim Novak from a distance. So he's driving around following her, and we have these streets of San Francisco, the hills, the ups and the downs, you know, representing, like, you know, if we're going to get technical representing their relationships, the highs and lows, how he feels. All very clever. And also a lot of the fact that San Francisco is hills and yet he's supposed to have a fear of heights and vertigo. Yet I, did he's point, consistently, I did point that yeah, out. He's consistently going up and downhill. But um, <laughs> the, the location is superb, San Francisco. Is yeah. ace. But um, I, I do like, I did find it quite nostalgic actually when they did the, the scenes at night as it was dark but quite clearly it was in the middle of the day that they just put that filter over the camera lens <laughs> yes. that made it look dark I, I do miss that from watching the uh, cowboy and no westerns in the, <laughs> yeah. in, in the old days um, okay your second good aspect of the film because setting is one there. okay my second good aspect and this is what I meant before when I said the narrative isn't your traditional narrative I like the fact that three quarters of the way through the film the audience have something revealed to them that the characters aren't necessarily aware of. And I think it changes the way we what watch What do we the call film. that as a technique? <laughs> From the classroom? From the classroom? Well, it's, it's dramatic irony. It certainly is. It is. Well yes, done. the English teacher in me. Yes, and I think this is where a lot of people, again, have problems with the narrative. Because once we find out, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, now, now this is... Surely we know where it's going. Surely we know. But... There is that sense of frustration as we watch events happening and we wonder, do they find out what's going on? Are they? Are they going to get close to it? And I just really like that Hitchcock went and and did that. And I do have to say, I think this might have been a reason why initially the film was not a big commercial success. It It became successful over time. And since then, it's been referred to as one of the greatest films of all time. Probably because it was ahead of its time. In it didn't have the 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 necessarily the happily ever after, dancing off into the sunset, holding hands, happy Hollywood ending. No, and that's it. It it left it did leave audiences feel feel uncomfortable at various points, and that was a bit of a gamble, perhaps for Hitchcock. All right, those are two good aspects, right? 
Um, I want two bad ones now. You can keep these brief if you like. Okay. If you can. Yeah. I mean, for me, bad aspect. It's difficult because I have a lot of good things to say about the film. I will say, without giving anything away, the ending is abrupt. And I, I, I think when I first watched the film, I think the ending was what gave me the most to talk about negatively because I just felt like the ending didn't do the film justice. Okay. I think it was rushed. Right, second, second negative. You don't have to come up with one if you don't, if you don't want to. Second negative? I think there's a lot of threads that are left unravelled. It isn't the kind of film where you get answers to all your questions. Well, that's not a problem in itself. I, I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's going to be a problem for every person. But now that I've seen the film so many times, there are moments looking at it now where I think oh, I. I do wish they tied up that particular can I, thread. Can, can I maybe give an illustration of what you might be talking about without um, in, in the first the first time we meet um, Scotty, yes. the James Stewart character. Pretty much, he's. He's left hanging by his fingertips from a gutter about 50 foot in the air uh, with no way of rescuing himself. And then the next time we see him, he's in a nice uh, San Franciscan apartment talking to a, his ex-fiancée. And we never get any detail or explanation as to how on earth he got himself out of his fit, his bind. But anyway, that was just a, a bit of a plot gap for me that was um, yeah raised a few questions yeah and and Hitchcock did he did do that in uh, a few times during the film and there was meant to be meaning behind it but I think if you're just watching it and trying to figure out the storyline after five minutes you already have questions and it but does apparently, set you up but apparently lots of questions mean I've got a clear understanding of what's going on in that apparently so hey well I don't know that's all good Right, okay, um, wrapping it up, um, I, I'm, I'm guessing you would recommend the listeners watch Vertigo if they haven't already? Definitely. Definitely, okay. Um, I've got rating written down here, should we do something crass as a rate of film? Let's give it, give it, give it a rating out of five. Out of five? You can go, with, you can go into <laughs> decimal pointage if you want. I would say four and a half out of five. So, 4.5 out of five, okay. And... I want to say this, has it, because it's a 1958 classic, has it withstood, and I've got written down here, the test of time, but in my mind I can hear it going, the test of time! Has it withstood the test of time, would you say? When you say, has it withstood the is, test is of it, time? Is it, is it still... Um, As enjoyable now? For, a, for a, uh, the next generation of um, moviegoers? I think in some ways, yes. I think... The storyline still works, definitely, and you do. But you do have to remember it was a film made at a specific time, and so like with any film that you look at from history, society was different, and so it raises questions now that people may not have had at the time. Well, like the Me Too movement and the male gaze. Yes, and gender. This, um... Yes, the fact that James Stewart is following Kim Novak around and treats her as an object. Yeah, not not creepy at all. No. That might be where we have issues, but I think you have to look at a lot of classic Hollywood films yeah, now context. and take it with a pinch of salt. So yeah, context, context. Yeah. Okay, right. I think that's yeah. That's all I've got written down, and I think you, I think you've said quite a lot about uh, Vertigo. So go and watch it. Get it on a DVD like I did, and um, it is an enjoyable couple of hours. Um, right. That's your lot for the deep dive. Deep dive over.
I think it's time for your final pair of questions. So question five. In which country was Keanu Reeves born? In which country was Keanu Reeves born? And your final question for this week. Which actress has won the most Oscars, totalling four from 12 nominations? So which actress has won the most Oscars, totalling four from 12 nominations? Turning your mind to the next week or so, what what, you, what have you got lined up? I purchased two DVDs earlier this week, which are the film 1917, which we had already seen in cinema, but I feel like it's a film that I would happily watch again, purely yeah. because the cinematography is amazing. be interesting to see how it transfers from the big screen to the small screen. Yeah, it's, it's just a great story. So I've repurchased, or I've got that to watch again, and I've also purchased Jojo Rabbit, which I'd heard of, I'd heard about, I'd heard it was obviously hyped up as a film, but I didn't know much about it, and I thought it was a film that I wanted to go and see purely because of the hype, and we never got around to seeing it. I'm going into it a little bit blind. The only thing that I know about it is that it's a child who has Hitler as an imaginary friend. As you do. As you do. So I don't really know what to expect from it. I don't know if I'll like it, but that's something new that I'm looking forward to trying anyway. Anything, um, so they're your DVDs. What about on TV or Netflix? Anything catch your eye? Yeah, on TV, June the 3rd on BBC Two, season four of a show called Cardinal is coming out. And I haven't heard of this show before. I saw the trailer for it and I was surprised that I'd never seen this show before or even heard of it because it's exactly the sort of thing that I would watch. It's Canadian and it's a detective drama. It's, you know, it's something I should really like. So for people who've been watching it, season four is now going to be available in the UK from that date. But now I'm looking forward to finding the first three seasons and having something new to watch. Gritty detective series. Yeah, love it. Okay. Um, right, okay, that's, that's what's coming up for um, the next week or so. I guess it's time for the six answers to the questions. Right, okay. So, pens and pads, let's see how you did. Question one, a reminder, was in what 1976 thriller does Robert De Niro famously say, you talking to me? Well, the answer is, of course, Taxi Driver. Question two, which film was the first to show a flushing toilet? I thought I'd stick a, a Hitchcock-related question in, and the answer is Psycho. Question three, the 2017 film Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri won two Oscars that year. One for Best Actress and one for Best Supporting Actor. Name them was the question. Of course, the answers are Frances McDormand and Sam Rockwell. Question four. In which city, which Scottish city is Trainspotting set? The answer is Edinburgh. Ironically, though, most of it was filmed in Glasgow, but it's set in Edinburgh. Question five. Great, if you got this one. In which country was Keanu Reeves born? Lebanon is the answer, and he moved to Canada when he was quite young. Um, so if you got that without Googling it, well done, fair play. And the final question, which actress has won the most Oscars, totaling four from 12 nominations? And your answer is Catherine Hepburn. And your homework for the week is to go and find out what she won the four Oscars for. Right, okay, there are your questions. And I think what leaves us with final, um, one good, one bad from the last week's T TV and film viewing. What's your one good? 
My one good would be a show on Netflix called Amazing Interiors. So it is a, a real life show about what people have done with their homes. And it's just, it's just a nice bit of escapism. The episodes are 20 minutes long, great for a quick lunch break. And it's amazing what some people will do. My highlight so far being the man who built a roller coaster in his back garden because that would be great for isolation, wouldn't it? Because why not, indeed. And what's your one bad? So I spoke about quarantine earlier and I think it has to be my bad of the week. One of the reasons why it was so bad is because in the last 10 minutes it brought in a narrative thread which they could have explored and it would have explained a lot more about what was going on and it would have made the film a little bit more exciting but they ended the film without ever really exploring it and it was already a bit of a disappointing film so even more disappointing that they tease you with this possible narrative that looks quite exciting and do nothing with it so that's that's my bad but what about you what was your what was your highlight of the week well my one good one bad comes from that come from the same uh, program uh, van der volk starring mark warren warren can't remember his surname I love Mark Warren from Mad Dogs and Hustle. Brilliant character, brilliant actor. He plays a gritty detective. So it's really good to get back in touch with him via TV. There's a reprisal of Van der Valk from, I don't know, the 80s or whenever it was out first. I didn't watch it then. So that's my one good. My one bad comes from the same show because in order to enjoy it, you have to suspend reality somewhat and see past the bizarre concept of a completely... British and British speaking detective team in Amsterdam solving gritty crimes where everybody speaks perfect English and the vast majority of whom are actually English um, so that's but see past that and you'll enjoy it and you can catch it on ITV hub at the moment right, that's my that's my one good one bad right that's a wrap I think we're done is it lunchtime yet yeah I think so all right all right see you guys bye bye